Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. Amen. So we are continuing our study on armor of God, and we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Today we're going to be covering the shield of faith. Uh, Again, we're Ephesians chapter 6. It starts off with verse 10. And it covers all the way to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Again, this is why we're putting on the armor of God. And always be remembered that this is not armor. It's God's armor that we get to put on. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when your day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Remember, we're not attacking. We're standing standing our ground. The victory has won. We're just standing on the promise. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Today's text is 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And furthermore, we will speak more on this. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Amen. So so today we're starting to talk about shield of faith. And as as Trish and I were studying and preparing for this, um, well, first, we have talked on faith so many times. We talked about the attitudes of those who are faithful. We talked about, even in the, when we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, we talked about how in faith that it, it's, it's really important to have that faith uh, to be righteous. And the shield of faith is one of those things, and faith itself is one of those things that the armor, other armor of God is just facts without faith. Like, we can know how to be righteous. We can know about the truth. We can know about the peace of the gospel. But we can know about the salvation. But until faith comes in into that, those things are not going to work. So I like that, that Paul uses a shield of faith. Because shield, this shield of faith, or shields itself, they are in front. <laughs> the shield actually protects the armor. Because if, if the enemy stuff gets to your armor, you're in trouble. So thankfully, God has gives, gives us this shield that, that is going to stop before we even get, get to our armor. So the shield itself, just again, we, we don't want to focus too much on the, on, the, on the shield itself. We want to talk about what it is. Uh, when, we, when we're talking about the Roman shield, there's two kind of shields that, that um, the Roman soldiers had. They had one circular shield that was pretty small that they fought kind of one-on-one. When they would go into battle, when there was lines were drawn, they actually carried the bigger shield. And this is the shield that they're kind of talking about. It's, it's called, it was honestly, the name was a door shield because it was the size of a door. If you ever watched the 300 or any of those battles, they, they make that wall, wall shield. That, that, those shields are huge and nothing's penetrated. When they're coming together, <coughs> excuse me, I always have matzah at the end of communion. <clears throat> I'm good. I just need to drink the water. But 
the good thing about this shield, it covers the whole body. So when we're talking about having faith, it's not just, it's just faith enough for a little part. Thank you. A little part of us, right? It covers the whole body. And the same thing with the salvation. And just like I said, salvation and righteousness and belt of truth and the gospel and everything else, it stands behind that faith. It's, it's not just a little bit. We just need faith for salvation, but we don't need faith for anything else. We just need, no, it covers the whole thing. The other thing is that it's made, it's made to be in front of you. It is made to be in front of that by faith, we will stand strong. By faith, we'll know that nothing can penetrate us. By faith, the shield is just going to be uh, a barrier between us and the enemy. Uh, I've been saying this over and over again, how, how, how much courage it takes to stand on the line as you see the enemy approaches you and just stand. And I love it always, over and over again in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about, after all these things, stand, stand firm, be able to stand. So I'm like, I know enemies coming. I see it. Paul warns us that the enemy's coming. The schemes are coming. And it's not, the, the hard part is it's some things that we can't even see. It's not against faith, uh, flesh and blood, right? So we just kind of stand in with that shield in front of us. And it gives us that separation between the attack and us. The other thing about the shield that, that helps us is um, it's a one piece. Normally it's one piece because if you take a shield and you start making out of wood, that means there's cracks in it. With our faith, there cannot be any cracks. We, we, we need to stand strong on one solid thing. We should, for us, it's what we believe in the word of God. With us, it's, it's, it's our faith in, in Jesus Christ and in, in God the Father and the Holy Spirit. With us, it's one thing. It's not little, well, I'm going to take a little bit of uh, doctrine from this place. I'm going to take a little bit from this religion. I'm take a little bit of that religion. I'm going to take a little bit of that theory and this. No, it's, it's one. It, it is one faith uh, that we need to stand strong. Last, next one is... Uh, it needs to be with you always, and we're going to talk a lot about it. The shield is not going to help the soldier if it's at home. It's going to be one of those very awkward things when the enemy's coming and everybody's shield up, and you're like, oh, I forgot it at home. Not, not only you're in trouble, but also the people next to you is in trouble, right? Uh, the other thing that they talked about is that um, when, we, when we talk about it, a lot of time the, the shield had like coat of armor. That would put like what you st stood for and everything else. And for us, when we talk about that shield, when people look at us and look at our faith, they see what we stand for, that we stand for God the Father. And it's, it becomes a testimony when people see our shield or we see our, our faith. So that's, that's kind of just a little comparison to what a shield is and what a faith is. But today we really want to focus um, what God put on our heart, what the shield of faith is. And for us... Um, it starts off in Genesis chapter 15. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your very great reward. So what today we want to talk about when we're talking about shield of faith. And that when we're talking about this shield, we're talking about the presence of God. Because as, as we look through all these different verses on what a shield is through the scriptures and Psalms and Proverbs and 
uh, a lot of the Old Testament teachings and everything else, that shield was God's presence over and over again. So it led us to look more into that. Amen. So looking at, we're just going to, to emphasize this point, what, what we're saying is, is you have the belt of truth, right? And the truth is the doctrines, the teachings of scripture, um, the truth of God's word. You have the breastplate of righteousness, which is the righteousness that we get through faith in Christ Jesus's work on the cross. What's different about the shield of faith is it's not something that you put on. It's not something that you wear. It's something that you pick up. And what, what do we get by faith? We pick up the presence of God. The presence of God goes with us. We shouldn't go anywhere without the shield because the shield represents the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're driving this home is because when you hear the word shield throughout scripture, it's not necessarily in this text. Here it says shield of faith. But by faith, we get the presence of God with us. That's what we have restored through the work that Christ did on the cross is that we are reunited with God and his presence comes to dwell with us. Right. We know this is the truth. So the shield we get by faith, but the shield itself throughout scripture thematically over and over and over again. And I'll just read some of these verses. Mm-hmm. Psalm 119, 114 says, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Psalm 3, 3, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Proverbs 35, it says, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. That's Psalm 5, 12. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. That's Proverbs 2, 7. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. This one's beautiful. Psalm 91, 4, he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness, his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Psalm 18, 35, and 36, you make your saving help my shield. Your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. Uh, Psalm 18, 30, the Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Second uh, Samuel twenty two thirty one says the same. The, the Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. So over and over and over again, um, Psalm 18, 1 and 2, this is the, this is the last one I'll read. It says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And so what's so distinctive about the shield of faith is that the shield represents the presence of God himself. So God does not send you out to fight an enemy vulnerable. He stands between you and the enemy's schemes. Mm -hmm. He himself He doesn't send an angel. He doesn't send a prophet or a prophetess. He doesn't send. He himself is our shield. He stands between us and the enemy's schemes. And so not only does that make the shield so important, and we need to have the shield with us at all times because we shouldn't go anywhere without the presence of God, but it also makes the reality of, of, again, this battle belongs to the Lord. The Lord is our shield. And all we have to do is stand firm. And the shield, right, will take all the hits. The shield will take all of the the flaming arrows that are coming at us um, and extinguish those arrows. All we have to do is stand firm by faith. And and by faith, we've we've talked about how faith is not just believing the right things, right? Faith is is in action. Show me your faith without deeds, right? And I will show you my faith by what I do. 
faith, like I might have faith that this chair will hold me, but until I actually sit my butt in it, that is faith. Mm. Just believing that the chair will hold the weight is, doesn't do anything for me. Just the same way as having belief in what Christ did on the cross. You may have a belief, but do you lean on it? Do you trust him as your Lord mm-hmm. and Savior? James warns us that even believe, even the demons believe in God and they shudder, mm-hmm. right? So it's not enough to just have the right belief, but it's to confess him as your Lord and Savior, to submit and surrender. So that shield of faith isn't going to do anything for you unless you pick it up and you trust it to go before you and you trust the Lord's presence to fight your battles before you. Um, rather than fighting them on your own. You don't lead with the shield. You, I mean, you don't lead with the sword. You lead with the shield. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think that's, that's the difference when there's belief and then there's faith, like total faith in it. Where, when you kind of start doing this, it's, it's standing behind something. It's standing behind that, be, behind that shield. Mm-hmm. Like make it, making it more... Uh, nowadays, like you see SWAT teams and stuff like that, they have those shields, riot shields, and people are shooting them, and they're just standing behind and walking with it. Like, do you trust that that shield's going to protect you from a gun <laughs> until you get behind that shield and people shooting at you? That's where the trust comes. And the same thing with us is 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 when you know all these things happening, people are getting sick, and and you're losing job, and all all these things and temptations coming your way. Are you going to stand on? my God, the presence of God that's going to protect me from this, or you're going to stand against uh, on something else or just fall because of it, right? We have to stand behind that presence of God, knowing that the God is present in our lives, knowing that the God is present in our life. And that makes a huge change, a huge difference in our walk with God is when we absolutely uh, fully trust God and we trust God when we start have obedience, I think that's the biggest, the difference between what you, what you said, like we believe the, in Jesus, but do we make him our Lord? Are we going to surrender under him when he says, be still and know that I am God? Are we actually going to be still or are we going to run, run around and try to do our own thing? You know, it's that obedience leads to everlasting life. It leads to that relationship. It leads to reliable, uh, relying on God. But it's the obedience that needs to happen and just standing strong again. (laughs) Yeah, so one of the things that's just important for us to also understand, one, we know that the shield is the presence of God and that we're trusting in his promises. The other piece about the shield, which he alluded to, but we didn't say, is that the shield is strategic. It's not just something that you're hiding behind. Like there's that old saying that people believe that Christianity is the opiate of the people, right? The opiate of the masses or that it's a crutch. And no, by no means is, do we hide behind our faith. In fact, our, it allows us to move forward and enter into the spiritual warfare that's all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, but the shield is strategic. And the way that the shield, we have to understand how it's used, it's not used by a, sol- a solo individual running forward into battle. What they would do is they would lock arms, and they would lock shield to shield to shield, and they would create a wall and a barrier and if someone left, it would leave a gap and leave everybody vulnerable. And this is so not only does the shield represent the presence of God, but it's used strategically by the people of God. Mm. You are not meant to live your Christian life in, in isolation. You're meant to strategically lock arms with other believers and create this barrier so that the enemy cannot 
permeate the walls of the church. You know, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And that's where we have to understand the shield of faith is not meant to be used in isolation. A single Christian, you know, can be surrounded on all sides. But a, but a group of Christians locked arms in arms with our shield of faith locked in place, we can stand firm against the enemy's schemes and he will not find his way in. And, and the way that you do it is you put, you put the weaker ones towards the middle, right? The ones who are young in the faith, the ones who need discipleship, the ones who the enemy might toss back and forth by the waves mm-hmm. of, of false teaching. Mm-hmm. And those of us who are more grounded, they take the, the flanks, right? So that you can withstand the pushback of the enemy. And so we have to understand that the, the shield is the presence of God but it also has to be used strategically with the people of God. You are not meant to live your Christian life in isolation. You are not meant to be a solo Christian, you know, that, oh, my, my walk is personal just between me and Jesus. God knows my heart. And this is just, you know, this one way faith. It's, it's, our faith is vertical. And so we're trusting in the presence of God, but it's also horizontal that he gave us the people of God. And together we build up the body of Christ, right? If you really want to see the presence of God, you can't do that just with your single, your single shield, but you put all of our shields together and you get a fuller picture of the presence of God in our midst. Yeah, it, it's just such a power, powerful vision to, to just think about it, about this army of, of, of God's people to linking up in their faith. And the good thing is, is when, my, when I drop on my knee, there's somebody right next to me protecting me, right? That, to me, it's such a powerful thing and they just gives me the yearning to surround myself with, with those brothers and sisters who can pick me up in prayer, who pick me up when I'm weak. They can, they can have that faith that I don't have right now. If, I'm, if I lost my job and they're like, hey, God got you. He'll provide for you. And you know what? As a family, we'll provide for you. You know, <coughs> it's just things like that that is just absolutely exciting. To, to just picture that and again I've, I've seen too many war movies so I can I've seen it on that part but on spiritual level on spiritual level and hopefully we all have experience when we just couldn't anymore and you, somebody calls you and prays for you somebody encourages you somebody brings takes you out for, for dinner that's that's army building each other and sharpening each other and put, putting those shields together and it's just bringing the, the one we always hear about the one of the best uh, ministries is the ministry of presence. Just when somebody's hurting, just coming next to them and like, I'm going to put my shield here and I'm just going to spend time with you. And you might be weak. You might not be able to hold on your, to your shield, but I'm going to put my shield right here. I'll hold your shield too. And we're just going to sit here. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need to do because we're bringing the presence of God into this whatever chaos is happening. That's the power of it. We don't need to talk about it. We just need to bring God's presence into it. When two or more are gathered in his name, right? That's, that's the, that powerful thing. And it's, it's, it's just exciting. And it's exciting that, that God is saying that you just, why do we have this? This is one of the, <laughs> this is one of the parts of the armor um, where it actually talks about what it's going to do. It says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Psalms talk about this, about what is going to happen. It says, in Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. I'm sorry, it's Psalm 76, 1 through 3. His tent is in Salem. His dwelling is in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shields and the swords, the weapons of war. 
the presences, the promise has already been there. That when we, when Paul talks about this, the extinguishing all the flaming arrows of the evil one, he already knows what what David spoke in, in the psalm. He talks about the victory in God and everything that we can do. The it's it's amazing when he's talking about this extinguishing flaming arrows of the evil one. Back then, they were pretty smart. They literally had arrows that they would uh, wrap in something and put it on flame so they can shoot it. Or they would actually put ex- explosive powder to it so when it hit, it would set on fire. Why? Because most of the um, shields were wooden and it would just it starts burning and everything else. And, and this is sometimes how it is when the enemy attacks. We don't really notice it that it's there, but it's slowly burning. And slowly doing something in your life that you're not even noticing. The doubt is coming in. A little bit of temptation is coming in. We're just not noticing. But because of the presence of God, that can be extinguished. That not only it stops the attack, but it also extinguishes the, the, the attack. So that way it's not lingering. Because a lot of times what it, what it happens, what, what are those arrows we talk about it. It's, it's the temptation. It's the attacks, right? Let, let's be real. There's nothing else that they, they can really, that the devil can do to us. All he does is he distracts us. I think that's the biggest thing that, that we see. James talks about what, what that looks like. It's a, it says, when tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, so the evil there's in his desires, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. So that is, to me, is that little burning. Like it's desire, it's the temptation, it's the sin, and it leads to death. That, that's kind of what happens. But it, what happens is it just distracts us. It distracts us from what God is doing. We might be looking at the sin that's burning right here, and we're distracting, distracted from the victory that's in the battle that we're, we should be focusing on seeing how God have won the victory against the devil through his son. But we're just focusing on this flame and arrow. Oh man, am I, I, I fell again. I, I'm not, maybe I'm not saved. You have all these questions, all of a sudden it starts coming up and we start focusing on this where we should be looking that the battle has won. And this is just little Things that that distracting us and not helping us see what God is doing in our lives, how He's being victorious, right? And often the flaming arrows were actually used in warfare as a distraction. The real battle was the the chariots that were coming, the horses that were coming, the hand to hand combat, right? That was on its way. And in the same way, I believe that the enemy uses these flaming arrows, and they're really a distraction from the battle that's really going on. It's meant to instill fear. It's meant to intimidate us. Right, meant to distract us from the battle that's really at hand. And that's why Paul emphasizes so much. He just says, take your stand against the enemy's schemes. Like, don't be distracted, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not these flaming arrows. It's not the little gossip that's over there. It's not the temptation that's over there. It's not, you know, the the troubles that you're having financially. Those things are all just distractions. Our struggle is against the authorities, the powers of this dark Mm. world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And just to to be encouraged by this, you know, these flaming arrows that are, are distractions and temptations, in 1 Corinthians 10, it warns this in verse 12. It says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Mm. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. 
God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. And one of the cool things that we learned in our research, and I know, again, this time we've spent more, I think, talking about the actual, you know, the, the shield itself and the arrows. Um, but it's important because we don't, we don't have this kind of modern combat. So in order to wrap our heads around the illustration that Paul is using, I think it's important to just pay attention to some of these historical details. And so one of the things that they would do is because this was a common tactic uh, when they went into warfare is they would put leather over their shields and they would drench it in water so that when they went into warfare, the, the, literally the flaming arrows would hit and they would become extinguished by the water, by the wet leather that was on there, and it would protect, it would protect their shield, and it would protect them from further damage. So literally, God, this is the imagery that Paul, you know, Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? And God wanted us to know, even those flaming arrows, even those temptations and those distractions, he's provided a way to extinguish those. Um, He's given us a way out. So there's nothing that we can face that is not common to man. There is nothing that you will face, no temptation, no problem, no distraction, no hardship that you can face that God cannot handle, that his presence, he doesn't promise that we're, you know, it's not like they're having a victory parade and they're throwing roses at them. You're being shot at with flaming arrows. Like this <laughs> is not a joke, right? He, God does not promise us that we will have an easy path. He says that you will face trials and tribulations, but take heart. I have overcome. So we are still in battle. We are still in warfare. And remember, we just have to stand firm. But we're under attack. And we need to be mindful of that. And, and the peace that we have, one, is that we know that we already have the victory in Christ Jesus. That's why we take up the shield of faith, right? And two, we know that God's presence is with us always even to the very end. And so we can stand behind that shield of faith. We can stand behind the presence of God, knowing that he goes before us. There's nothing that we will face that he does not stand before us and he's fighting our battles. All we have to do is be still and know that he is God. Amen. You know, huh? Were you going to read? No, I was just, I was just going, going back to the Great Commission. Um, he talks about this is how Matthew 28 ends. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's always with us. And that's, that's, our, that's where we stand behind. That's where we are protected with. That anytime somebody comes, it's like, but do you know Jesus? <laughs> but do you know Jesus? Because he's with me. Yeah, but, but do God you know Jesus? God is who can be against Yeah, me, it's, right? it's all this powerful 10,000 may fall on one side, right? But he's, he's with us. Amen. So the question is, do you know Jesus? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.